In Ag and Review for the week ending March 14th, we start off with this report. Yesterday, March 10th, dignitaries and supporters of FFA from around the state gathered at the Florida Farm Bureau headquarters in Gainesville for the groundbreaking of the new Florida FFA headquarters. Florida Farm Bureau President John Hoblick says it was exciting to see his dream of the building that was formerly a daycare on the Farm Bureau grounds to start to take shape. It sat here vacant for about three years, and we watched it deteriorate and said, we've got to put this building to good use. We thought of doctor's offices. We thought of, you know, day school again, that what it was. But it just hit me one night in the middle of sleep that that should be the FFA state headquarters. So I'm, I'm just proud that we've been able to do this. FFA President Megan Stein explains what the estimated six-month project will entail. We are going to tear down all the interior walls, only leaving the two main corridors, and we're going to renovate it into a new office building that will have state officer workrooms, dorms for the state officers, a kitchen area, as well as meeting rooms for boards to have their meetings in for years to come. And also on hand was Florida Ag Commissioner Adam Putnam, who says the new headquarters obviously means a lot to agriculture. But more than that, it means a lot to Florida. Not every one of these FFA members is going to become uh, involved in the ag industry, but they will always have a base of knowledge and awareness and exposure to agriculture that will make them more informed voters, more informed leaders, more informed business people in our state, and that that's really um, of benefit to us for the long haul. Uh, we obviously benefit from the ones who choose to stay in agriculture, but we benefit from the ones who go into medicine or the arts or business or a hundred other things but they have a fond memory and fond awareness of what it takes to put food and fiber on the table in America. The project is expected to be completed by early September. For more on the groundbreaking, visit our website at southeastagnet.com. And Randall Wiseman had this. There are many issues the Washington, D.C. staff of the National Cattlemen's Beef Association is involved with every day. And according to Christina Butts, Executive Director of Legislative Affairs for NCBA, Dietary Guidelines is just one of those. Every five years, the USDA and the Health and Human Services Agency come together to pull together a scientific advisory committee of nutritionists and health experts to see if there's enough nutrition information out there to change their recommendations to Americans, known as the Dietary Guidelines. So even though we got the 2010 Dietary Guidelines in 2010, in 2011, NCBA started the prep work for the 2015 Dietary Guidelines that we're working on right now. Um, They did have their second public meeting just uh, last month, and We were a little bit concerned, well, not a little bit, but a lot concerned with some of the conversations around should protein, should meat even be part of the dietary guidelines, and if so, should you even eat beef in terms of sustainability? Christina reminds cattle producers that NCBA is a contractor to the beef checkoff. On the checkoff side, they submit a lot of information and research just to make sure that this advisory committee has the most accurate and up-to-date information that they're making these scientific recommendations off of. And then on the policy side of NCBA with our membership, we're going to be weighing in as well just to make sure that we think it's the intent of dietary guidelines to focus on nutrition and health benefits, not to get involved into sustainability or some of these other branched-out topics that in past dietary guidelines discussions have also gotten brought forward. Um, For instance, in 2010, this committee actually made a recommendation to USDA and HHS that they tell Americans to shift to a plant-based diet. Well, obviously, we knew that they were trying to say eat more fruits and vegetables, but the verbiage of shift to a plant-based diet makes people think that you want to take meat off of the plate. So we asked USDA and Health and Human Services to just be honest with consumers and say eat more fruits and vegetables if that's what you want, and USDA and HHS did make that final recommendation. 
But she said they are not done yet. There's going to be another year of meetings. There's going to be opportunities for the public to submit comments. Um, NCBA, people involved on the research side through the beef checkoff, are going to make sure that they're submitting all the accurate scientific information that's out there for this committee to have all the information, all the details. But um, these conversations are never easy in D.C. And the dietary guidelines, they need to be make sure that they're accurate and they're correct because all the nutrition policy, like school lunch and other programs, are based off of the dietary guidelines. So um, there is a commitment and dedication from NCBA standpoint to make sure that we work with our producers and we get this done in the appropriate manner. And Christina wants cattle producers to get involved in this process. The comments are open, so any consumer, any producer, anybody can submit comments at any time to this advisory committee. Um, and what we're looking for producers to do as well, for producers that have backgrounds in nutrition or research or some type of health um, activities or health background, you know, to find a way to help us kind of engage in those conversations with your knowledge from a production standpoint, but also your focus in human nutrition or some type of medical profession, you know, to make sure that, that we're helping kind of bridge that gap between the medical and healthcare professionals and nutrition versus those of us on the production side to make sure that, that we're talking in the same um, definitions and terminologies, especially when you use words like sustainability. You know, what is USDA trying to say that word is from a nutrition standpoint? So I think, um, I think having those conversations up front are going to be very, very important. And we wrap up for this week with this from Everett Greiner. For 40 years, we've seen American agriculture grow. I mean, the size of farms. This didn't happen everywhere, nor at the same time. Many felt the family farm was in peril. You had to be big to make it. Didn't quite prove out to be that way. We do have more giant farms than ever, and some still growing. But family farms still dominate American agriculture. Yeah, 2,000-acre family farms? Not at all. According to USDA, in 2011, there were almost 2 million farms in the U.S., the average size was less than 250 acres. Now, there's a lot of indifferent numbers involved here, but essentially, as one farm adds acres, another reduces. Technology was the driving force behind growth, machinery, essentially. Big machines cover more ground. Family farms are here to stay. Not even threatened, much less endangered. And don't forget, you can find these stories along with all the week's Southeast Agnet reports on our website at southeastagnet.com. I'm Julie McPeak with Southeast Agnet's podcast.